Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Build your network. Episode 34. Hi, this is Dr. Ivan Meisner, founder of BNI. And if you want to learn how to network effectively, you should be listening to Build Your Network with my good friend, Travis Chappell. You have the ambition, the knowledge, and the experience, but still lack those relationships necessary for achieving true success. Welcome to Build Your Network, your guide to growing your inner circle, increasing your influence, and assisting others in reaching their goals. This is networking the way it should be, brought to you by your host, Travis Chappell. Welcome to the one and only show that brings you tips and tricks on networking from the best experts around three days a week. Although they may not all be in the same field, every guest that comes on the show has one important thing in common. They believe, as I do, that building relationships is crucial to achieving success in life. I cannot wait to introduce you to today's guest, but first, if you're listening to this, then there's a good chance that you're serious about building your network. If that's you, and only if you're serious, you should definitely check out my Facebook group, Build Your Network Beta. If you want more personal engagement, proven connection strategies and tactics, and some awesome giveaways like shopping sprees, beats, headphones, et cetera, et cetera, then head on over to byn.media forward slash FB to join the group, or you can search Facebook groups for Build Your Network Beta and join there. And once you do, please be sure to introduce yourself and say what's up, and I will catch you there.
And now let's go ahead and chat with today's guest, Austin Chandler Peak. Austin is the founder of Riverstone Recap, which is a commercial real estate mortgage firm. He's 31 years old and hails from sunny Jacksonville, Florida. Austin started Riverstone Recap four years ago, and now he's originated over $60 million in commercial mortgage loans all across the country. In his free time, he enjoys living the YOLO lifestyle. This fascinating guest is proudest of his latest endeavor, which is launching a self-proclaimed award-winning podcast, Millionaire Interviews. Austin, thanks so much for coming on the show today, brother. Really excited to have you on. Why don't you go ahead and expand on the intro a little bit and then tell us more about yourself. Yeah, so no, I appreciate you having me on, Travis. So um, basically, I'm a commercial real estate mortgage broker. Uh, When you look at real estate, you either have commercial side or residential side. So I'm on the commercial side. And um, basically what I do is originate loans. I try to find people who have maturing loans. Those are usually rich, old white guys that own like a shopping center, for example, or might own an office building or an apartment complex. So I try to work on loans that are a million dollars plus. And basically I've been building my network and trying to find – that's the name of the game of what I do. I'm in sales. So I have to mm. build a network in order to try to find those clients. And so I basically contact people, cold call, um, cold email, whatever, to try to find those people and then try to make a new loan for them. And that's how I get paid. And what brought you into the mortgage industry? What made you pick that over everything else that there is to do? Well, so I always knew I wanted to get into the real estate world when I was back in – 2008 is when I graduated from University of Florida and I did finance undergrad and had a focus on real estate. And when, that's when I graduated, it was um, hard to find a job. So I had a, I, I made a list of everybody that I could think of in real estate and then just tried to find it, eventually get into it. Um, and again, I wanted to do a commercial side versus residential side because it was more business savvy guys. Um, you're not working the weekends and basically it's just Monday through Friday. So that's what interested me in the commercial side. And then eventually there's a, there's different niches in every industry, but eventually just found my way into the mortgage industry because the guy that I was working for also originated mortgages for commercial Mm. real estate properties. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And how long did it take for you to start making some good money in mortgages? Because I know there's a a significant turnaround time and it's probably even higher in commercial than even in residential. Um, How long did it take before you started uh, really, you know, banging on all cylinders, so to speak? Yeah. So I'll say when I graduated, we said 2008, I um, basically had a job for about a year and a half or two years in the commercial real estate industry. No one was making any money in real estate. I was basically working for free and probably made, if I had to guess, maybe 20 to 25K for that first year, a year and a half. Mm. Um, I was still living at my parents' house, luckily, because um, this is. I was doing anything I wanted. I just knew I wanted to get in the real estate game. And in order to kind of get in the commercial side, I'm like, okay, I'll take a job. Even if I don't pay very much, but I'm going to work my ass off, So, which I did. Um, then after that, um, I went back to get my master's in real estate for a year at, at the uh, University of Florida. And once I got out of that, I went back to work with the guy I was working at working with before. And again, he was in the mortgage industry and things started bumping up a little bit better. Uh, so I was getting paid. Uh, I think I made about 50 K the first year, um, a little bit more than that the second year, but I found out I was making all the commissions and basically they were taking half of everything Mm. that I made. So I decided after two years working there, I would go ahead and start my own company. And, um, the first year of starting my own company, again, I think this is what you find out with all entrepreneurs is usually kind of have a dip. And so I did, I didn't make much of that, that first year, but the subsequent years I've made, um, over six figures easily. So 
This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Good, good. Awesome. So was obviously, obviously a lot of networking has to be done and that's exactly what we were talking about a second ago. Um, so do you believe that what you know or who you know is more important, Austin, and why? So uh, if I didn't, if it was what you knew versus who you knew, I would have never even got my first jobs because I felt, I mean, most people coming out of college probably think they know a lot. Maybe I felt that way too, but it's because I studied real estate and really liked it. So just because I knew about real estate doesn't mean anyone was going to hire me. So when I went back to go in, go ahead and making that list of people that I knew in real estate, it was actually the who is how I got my first actual job. Okay. Okay. Um, and tell us, tell us about a time besides that one that you just mentioned, uh, when a connection in your life specifically led to a moment of success that you had. Oh yeah. I'll take it back to when I actually did. And we talked about this earlier is that when I went back to graduate school, I was working, it was basically, it was full time, but it was only a year. And basically I made my schedule. So I'd have every Tuesday or Thursday off. And I would actually, in my free time, they had an alumni database, which I think a lot of people, especially if you're a student listening, it's so easy to get a database of people who are either affiliated with it. I wanted to be in the real estate industry. So luckily they had a real estate database that they let me jump into and get mm -hmm. all these emails. And basically I would just email all the cold email, all these people say, hey, I'm a student. I'm just looking to get into commercial real estate. I'm trying to find my exact niche. And so I would email all these people, set up meetings every Tuesday or Thursday, drive two hours to either Tampa, Orlando or Jacksonville and go ahead and just network and see what these people did. Mm. And by letting them, I just shadow them for an hour and a half or two hours, maybe I go get lunch and guess what? They're paying for the lunch too. So it's like, it's win-win there. I mean, so by doing that, I found out a, 
kind of the niche that I wanted to do, found out what, you know, the successful guys were doing at work. Cause you don't really know unless you like go in and actually like shadow them and get an idea of what they're doing. So by shadowing those certain guys, I was able to figure out, Hey, this is, these are what the winners do. These are what the guys who don't really care about their job do. So I was able to pick up tips and strategies on, on how to work well. And how crucial do you think that was to, uh, your, your continued success in the mortgage industry? I would say that, I mean, it really, it seems like every, at least getting that second initial job, it was everything. And I'll say over mm-hmm. the last few years, I probably stopped networking as much. And the, um, the reason is I had my head down. I'm like working on the business, not networking as much. And it starts to get lonely. And you start, I started figuring out, I'm like, why is this just getting old to me? So what I've started doing recently is reaching out again. It, it kind of goes in ebbs and flows. I guess when I network people with people and don't, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm definitely on an up and flow and it, it just makes you feel better. At least me personally, just being able to meet new people, communicate with them. Cause if not, then I'm just, all, everything I do is basically through email now. I mean, sometimes people call, but nothing's face to face really anymore. So yeah. at least being able to like talk to new people to me has really um, re-energized me. Right, right, and it's just like what uh, what Jim Rohn always says is you need to work twice as hard on yourself than you do on your business, and uh, and you'll you'll note, and that was one reason I started getting into starting this podcast. Austin was, um, I was kind of in the same situation, and I was I was doing a lot of self reflection and personal development, and sitting there and asking myself. How, what at what points in my life did I did I find the most success? And when when I really looked at it, the answer was staring me in the face. And it was the times in my life where I was around the best people. And uh, it really is true that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And uh, when I upped the level of people I was spending time with, I upped my income level. I upped my um, um, my ambition in life in general. And um, when I was sitting there looking and trying to figure out the common denominator, it was that. And that's what kind of made me want to get back into actively and on purpose, consistently building my network. And uh, so so always constantly working more on yourself than you are on your business. And your business will always, always, always come back um, 10x because of that. Um Awesome. With that being said, with it being so important, and and I think you said that it was everything that was the word that you used. Why do you think that so many people neglect to do anything to build their network? Because they're scared. Hmm. I, I mean, that's it. I mean, it's it. I used to get rejected all. I'm used. I'm used to getting rejected, and when I'm trying to make a sale or anything, so people are scared. Which to me, I always, I forgot where I heard this, but. You know, when you're a kid, when you were two or three years old, were, people weren't scared to go meet new people when you're a toddler or whatever. And, and as you get older, people kind of, I don't know, they get scared to even communicate with people. They, mm-hmm. You just find out. So to me, it's almost been the opposite. Like um, most of my good friends know I'm going to tell you how it is, whether you you know you like it or not. But I'm, I'm going to still be a nice guy. But yeah. it's just I, I find out a lot of my older friends too, as I get older, they they don't want to meet new people. I'm like, well, I do. Why not? What's, what's, what's wrong with meeting someone new? You learn their story, you, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you learn something. So, I mean, that, that's kind of what inspired me to start doing my podcast now too. It's just, I, I just, I want to meet other people other than just people in my real estate industry. So, mm-hmm. um, when I, when I'm interviewing people like you're doing right now, to me, every, every time I get to do that, it's just, exciting because i didn't know the person before i sent that email and then right. they're going to spend an right. hour hour and hour and a half time with me so mm-hmm. i mean that's another way for people to grow their network is 
depending on what you want to do with it. I mean, you can go start your own podcast, ask people to be on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, that's to me, that's the easiest way other than what I used to do in college. When you say you're a student, everyone was willing to help the student. They just because they imagine themselves in, in your spotlights. But also, if you wanted to have your own podcast on a specific industry, if you love that industry, want to have people on there, just ask them to come on the podcast and you're able to. Mm-hmm you know, chat with them and build those relationships. And that has been the number one way that I've built my network in the past few months is starting this podcast. And it was, it was kind of ironic because the podcast is about building your network. And, but I did not think that it would allow me to have the opportunity to do it, um, more effectively myself. And there's been people that have said no to me to a two or three minute phone call, um, just because they're super swamped and they have a lot of stuff to do. And there's people that pay for a phone call with them and, um, and then they found out I have a podcast and they're like, but I'll do an interview on your podcast. So it was like, really? So you don't want to do a three or four minute phone call, but you'll just hop on an hour long Skype call with me. Let me record it and publish it. Um, so it, it's been, it's been a, it's proven to be a very, very effective way of meeting new people and especially influencers, people who, um, are constantly busy and on the phone and, and talking to other people and stuff like that. So hundred percent agree uh, with you there. If you, if you had to boil it down to one thing, Austin, we've talked about a couple of different things so far today, but if you had to choose one networking tip, what would it be? The main thing is just to kind of having a strategy on why you want to do it. Really. I, I think that's the main thing. Um, other than that, I'd say like having a plan, I always plan. So when I when again, when I was in college making a list of people, I put it all in an Excel document. I don't just randomly jump around and stuff. So uh, I guess the number one thing is plan when you're going to start doing the network. You, if you don't plan on how you're going to do it, then it's not going to happen. Do it on purpose for sure. That's one of the biggest things that um, that I've I had conversations with people about because I've talked to a lot of people that are that that immediately associate building your network on purpose uh, with this really crazy networking guy that's got 50,000 business cards in his back pocket. Or cruel intentions, which is not true, you know? Right, Just because you plan doesn't mean, you know? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Doing something on purpose does not mean you have to be the spammy, annoying guy that everybody doesn't like, you know what I mean? So um, uh, building a network on purpose is, is definitely one of the most important tasks that anybody can do, regardless of what industry or field uh, you're trying to be in. Um, so I a hundred percent agree with you there. Is there a place either online or in person that you go to, to specifically cultivate relationships? Really? I always just try to look for the name of the game on how I grew my business and how I'm growing the podcast to try to find people to have on the podcast is through making sure you can find people's email. So, um, they're different. Like I've got virtual assistants. So I guess the, the main place that I go, do you said to grow my network? Is that you said, what was your question originally again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So is there a place, a specific place, either online or in person that you try to go to specifically cultivate relationships, build your network? Uh, yeah. I mean, so you can obviously look on LinkedIn or whatnot, but, um, for me, I go to Upwork where I have virtual assistants who help me build my network. Basically, I just have them put a list of all these entrepreneurs in a Google Doc sheet and then have them um, find their emails. So okay. I guess not non-directly, that, that's the place I go is I go to Upwork and have my VAs go ahead and make yeah. these emails, send them out. And then then I guess I'm directly hitting those people in their inbox to try to get an interview with them. Yeah. And there's some great uh, email templates and stuff like that. If you pick up a copy of Tim Ferriss's The 4-Hour Work Week, um, he has a lot of really good uh, ways to reach out to people like that via email. 
And uh, that's definitely proven to be a really effective way for me as well. Um, Austin, who is the most interesting or influential person that you've been able to meet through networking? I guess, I mean, this, this is going to go back. This is probably my uncle. I, I always knew my uncle would have a, have a good time that I've got a dad and he's got three brothers and um, he's in, he's actually one of the first people I did shadow when I was in undergraduate school. Uh, I knew he did real estate development, but I didn't know exactly. And so I got to see what his lifestyle was like as well. So being able to actually go in the depths with, I mean, how many people can say they've even gone to their uncle's office for a couple of hours one day to see what they actually do, you mm-hmm. know? So when I get to actually see what he does, what his lifestyle is like, he, he could go when he wanted, you know, do whatever he wanted when he wanted. So yeah. to me, it's not even, it wasn't even about the money. It's about the the freedom. And I, I think you, you agree with that as well. Oh, for sure. The, I mean, money, money can, money can buy a lot of things, but if you don't have any time to, uh, use it, then why have it? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know. I don't know about you or anybody listening, but I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to have to wait for freedom until I'm 65 or 70 years old and then have freedom to be able to do things that I want to do. Um, freedom is, I, I think, I think that that's the ultimate freedom is having the time freedom and the money freedom both combined and, and having one or the other, um, is not really true freedom. And so I a hundred percent agree with you there. Uh, throughout your career, and you've kind of talked a little bit about this, Austin, how important have those mentorships and or kind of group mastermind learning sessions been for you? So I finally started getting into more of these entrepreneur masterminds. Um, um, one's called Dynamite Circle. And uh, there's been I went to my first real entrepreneurship conference a couple months ago. Because the conferences I usually go to or once a year are, are is real estate finance related. And just so people know, people on the commercial side who do real estate finance are all old white guys. Like I'm 31. I'm not not super young, not super old, but most of the guys there are older. So it's like the banker's mentality versus when I went to an entrepreneurship one. I'm, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur at heart more than I'm a real estate guy because that's why I started my own company. Mm-hmm. But being able to be like – I've gotten lonely over the last couple of years because I don't have those people to bounce ideas off entrepreneurship wise because I've got virtual mm-hmm. assistants who help me and work with me. But, you know, your wife doesn't necessarily, you know, know what you're talking about if she's got if she's got a nine to five job and your friends, unless you're hanging out with all entrepreneurs, usually aren't going to be able to be able to talk to them about. It. So slowly I've been able to just even through Facebook groups or whatever, been able to find entrepreneurs that I would never have met and been able to just jump on Skype calls or whatever. And that's mm. really, really helped me a lot just to, to make me feel like, okay, I don't, I don't just talk to my clients now, which are all, all old rich white guys. It's like, so now, now I can actually talk to people who I can relate to a little bit more about growing online. So that's, that's been awesome. Uh, what we talked a little bit about this as well earlier about, about uh, fear and how that plays a role in, uh, people's ability or lack thereof to network. What what fears have you specifically overcome through getting out and meeting people and building relationships? I guess I'm lucky that I've never felt like fearful of anyone. I mean, I I think I've always felt. I I even put this above my door in and out of the house. Is that I've I've got gratitude, so I'm grateful for. I'm literally anytime I'm thinking about something negative or I just think about okay, maybe there's probably kids in Africa who probably need food or something of that nature, right? Like you know how great I have it. So mm-hmm. to me, I mean, it'd be more fearful. Like hey, 
what happens if I wasn't living, if I had no money and I was living in third world country? So what, what is there to fear if I've got, if I'm making good income? And what, here's, here's the thing. You always got to think about the worst case scenario too. So if I, when I'm ever trying to find a new client for my business or I'm trying to find a, you know, an entrepreneur to have on the podcast, if I send out the email, Hey, will you be on my podcast? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Right. They're going to say no. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Wow. That doesn't even, that does not hurt. Okay. And mm-hmm. then, so other than that, I mean, my actually hit rate, I started looking at percentages where it's like 25% respond with positive and say yes and book with me, which uh, is pretty good for a cold email when I don't know any of these people in these different industries. Right. So, right, right. Um, yeah, so I, th- I people are, I'm, I'm honestly not scared of anything. Cause once you start looking at like what could happen and where you could be in life, I'm not personally, I'm not scared of anything. So <laughs> I, I know the percentages of things of likely of occurring or whatnot. So I might not like heights and might not want to jump out of airplanes. Doesn't mean I'm still not scared of it. So, all right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, I think it's important to, uh, to point that kind of stuff out every once in a while as well. So, uh, Austin, we're going to go ahead and switch into something I like to call the random round, which is just a few quick answers, uh, to a few quick random questions. Are you ready? Ready. This is the random round. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? Podcasting. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? It'd be Tim Ferriss, and he's the one, he's the one who's inspired me to go ahead and try to you know try out this four-hour work week as well. How do you like to learn best, books, blogs, or podcasts? Um, podcasts. I used to read books. I don't even read books anymore. Usually I'll throw in a podcast when I'm like, doing yard work or clean up around the house. And so mm-hmm. I'm doing a two for one. So I'm actually getting some positive done in exercise. I'm actually learning as well. Do you have a go-to podcast that you put on most often? I used to, but now that I, now that I'm doing my own, I really haven't been, I don't know if you were the same way before, but now I'm, I've been listening to my own interviews. So give us a glimpse of your morning routine now. Okay. When I, when I was busting it before I would literally would just wake up 4.30 a.m. without an alarm every day because that's how stoked I was to like go get new clients. It sounds crazy, I know, but I guess my time, I just got used to a cycle where I go to bed at 9 or 10 and then I wake up just ready to rumble and work. But now, luckily, through learning about virtual assistants, like we're talking about in the four-hour work week, I got to delegate a lot of that so I don't have to hustle as hard mm-hmm. when I'm doing that. But normally, it's uh, 7 o'clock wake up breakfast 7:45 you know and then I, I just casually get it started and i've been working a lot later now um so it just i go in ebbs and flows um as far as hey am i a morning guy or a late guy i just kind of i switch it up so usually every every 6 months or maybe a year it'll kind of switch what is your go to pump up song i listen to a lot of trap music are you familiar with trap music no uh, okay yeah it's it's like rap that's kind of remixed with more bassier stuff so it's uh hmm. Anything of the genre of trap music it gets me going for for the gym. What are you not very good at? I think patience. And as we get everything wrapped up here, Austin, what is one place where we'll be able to find you the most? You can find me the most is probably at my podcast website, Millionaire Inter- Millionaire-Interviews. But other than that, hopefully trying to make more of a social following on Facebook, LinkedIn, et cetera, probably like yourself so I can 
you know, spread, spread the word of those good interviews. And so you can do the same with your show. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, go follow Austin on LinkedIn and on Facebook. That's Austin Peek, P-E-E-K. Austin, thanks so much for coming on the show today, man. I had a lot of fun. All right. Appreciate it. That's all for this episode of Build Your Network. Your next step is to visit byn.media slash FB to join in on our Facebook group for more personal engagement, proven strategies and tactics to reach your ultimate goals. That's byn.media forward slash FB. Remember, you're only one connection away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.